0: Hey, everybody, before we get started on today's episode, which is a really good episode about a really great book that I think everybody should be reading, I just wanted to let everybody know I have started a GoFundMe campaign. We had some unexpected auto repair bills fall upon us this week, combined with other things that have happened this week. You know, whenever it rains, it pours. It really just dumped on us this week and i'm just asking for a little help just to make this car just just to just to get this car repaired the link for the gofundme will be in the show notes if you are not able to help i completely understand um if you could please however share the the link with anybody and everybody i would much appreciate it all right enough of that let's get let's get moving with the episode Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host Stephen, and today I want to talk about a book from Image Comics. This is Crossed, Volume One, Soft Apocalypse. This was released on March twentieth, two thousand and nineteen. It was written by Christopher Sabella, with Rose Stein and Ted Brant on art, Triona Farrell on colors, Cardinal Ray on letters, and Juliet Capra was the editor. So this is set in a world in which assassinations are legal. Not only are they legal, they're crowd-funded. So there's an app called Reaper where you can it's kind of like Kickstarter. You basically put a campaign out there in which you are choosing someone to be assassinated. And the as long as you get a backer, as long as someone comes in, and backs this campaign, then whoever assassinates this person gets the money from that campaign. So just just starting the campaign does not make the assassination legal per se, but once you have a backer, once there's money behind it, then it becomes legal. The more backers, the more money, the more uh, more of a chance you're going to have that somebody's going to actually want to assassinate this person for you. Now this is a world according to the description of the bu- the book. This is a world that runs on an economy of job shares and apps. So reapers not the only thing we got going on here. This is it also says in the in the description 10 minutes into the future. So this is very very near future. And basically your creators the creators of this book have taken what is going on now in society and just taking it to the next step, the next level. It may not be the next logical step, but it's it's not hard to imagine our world going up to this level. So the book itself is about a uh, a woman named Charlie Ellison who has a campaign against her in Reaper, and she hires through another app called Defend, she hires this woman named Vita to defend her. And kind of like a uh, the the Uber app which I'm going to say kind of like it even though I've never used Uber so I'm not really quite sure how it works but the way I understand it it sounds like it works kind of s- uh, similar similarly so basically Charlie goes on to defend and she puts it out there that she needs she needs somebody to defend her from this this reaper campaign and then she just waits for somebody to respond and the only one to respond was this woman named Vita, who has one of the lowest ratings on Defend, 1.4. But being as how Vita is the only one to respond, Charlie doesn't have a lot of choice and hires her. They meet in a diner where within moments of their conversation beginning, the janitor there tries to kill Charlie. And we learn fairly quickly that... The money behind this campaign, she keeps getting, they're, they're, more and more backers keep joining up. And as the book is opening, as we're getting into the, to the gist of the story, it's up to about a million dollars. It's one of the highest paying Reaper campaigns ever. And as a society, everyone now at this point is packing a gun. So let me go ahead and just jump forward a bit because there's this kind of, there's kind of a great moment in the book where vita takes charlie to these hacker friends of hers because she wants a list of all the people that are backing this reaper campaign and they you meet these four people they're operating out of the back of a comic book store and they're all about 14 to 15 years old and they're they're genius nerds basically and because they're genius nerds they like to they like to explain stuff they want to make sure that everybody around them knows exactly how smart they are. And so they go into the history of how Reaper came to be. Now, of course, Vita and Charlie know this. They're living in the world. The reader, we don't know this. So this has to happen at some point in the book. And there's only a couple of ways that you can really do that, that you can really explain how an app like Reaper came to be and how it's legal for this to happen. There's only a couple of ways to do that. You can do a quick thing at the beginning of the book where you get a couple of paragraphs kind of like the opening crawl text crawl at the beginning of a Star Wars movie that just kind of catches you up that's just like here's here's the world we live in this is why this is happening let's get to the story or you can figure out a way during the story to have one of your characters explain the backstory or you can do a flashback you know there are a number of ways to do it so the way they did it in this book is they have these four geniuses explain to Vita and Charlie how Reaper came to be even though Rita and Charlie already know. And during this entire scene where our four nerds are are explaining the the history of this, Vita and Charlie are getting very upset and annoyed and they're they're telling them to shut up. They they already know this. But being four genius nerds, they they cannot not explain how this all works, and so what we learn here is that at one point in the past there was a uh, an assassination attempt. I don't remember if it was successful enough, successful or not, um, against a a politician, and it was done through the very you know the dark web, the dark corners of the web, and it was done as somewhat of a crowd sharing type thing. Well, after this, that started to become popular and it was it was all over the dark web and the government tried to put a stop to it and eventually it got and i'm not i'm not quite remembering this exactly correctly but it eventually got to the point where it became so popular that there was no way for the authorities or the government to put a stop to it it be it it came off of the dark web and became part of the regular internet anybody could access it and so the authorities just decided there's no way we're going to stop this. There's, there, we can't, we can't make this go away. So let's just, let's make it legal, but let's regulate the crap out of it. And so, for example, if I'm a citizen and I'm looking at my Reaper app and I see that my neighbor has been selected, they have a campaign against them and killing them will earn me a thousand dollars. And I go over there and shoot them. There is a ton of paperwork that has to be filled out and provided to the authorities. And in that paperwork, ultimately, you are confessing to murder. But there are some stipulations. And if as long as you fill out everything correctly, then you're not, you can't be arrested. But if you do some anything wrong, the authorities have the right to arrest you and throw you in prison because you have ultimately signed a confession that you have committed this murder. Now, on the flip side of that, someone on the defender app who is providing their services to defend somebody same thing they can they can carry a gun they can kill people in the uh, in the act of protecting one of their clients but they have a lot of paperwork that they have to fill out and there's advocates and auditors and the paperwork has to be filled out You know, to the letter, you have to cross every T and dot every I. And if you have a comma in the wrong place, you can get thrown into, into prison. Well, we also learn that evidently these campaigns are only good for a month. So if a campaign is started against somebody and they survive the month, the 30 days or whatnot, then you get away scot free. You can never have it. It's illegal at that point for someone else even the same person to start another Reaper campaign against you. So if you survive those 30 days, anyone else attempting to kill you at that point is considered just straight up murder. There, There's no way out of it. So once you get beyond this whole world building part of the story, which is added into the, it's not a, it's it, it's not a slog. It's not a, uh, uh, it's the word I'm looking for. It's, they do a really good job of, building the world around you as you're reading. There's, there's at no point in the story do you feel like you're taken out of the story so that they can explain how everything works. It's all integrated in. It. It's done very well. But beyond the world building, what you have is just a very fun story. Charlie is a, uh, she seems to be one of these selfish surface. Everything, everything you need to know about them is on the surface. It's all about how they dress the you know taking selfies all the time um narcissist type of personality but she also has like a ton of jobs she does she her living is provided through throughout all these apps she she walks dogs she babysits she does all this stuff and then suddenly some old lady on the street walking a dog tries to kill her she manages to get away she steals the dog she gets on defender she uh finds Vita. They meet in a diner. Someone tries to kill her there. Vita protects her and kills the the, the assassin. And uh, then at that point, it's all about Vita trying to keep Charlie alive for the next 30 days. But in the meantime, the money, the backing on this Reaper campaign keeps going up. And like I said, it, it started around a million dollars when the, when the story opens up, which is the highest a Reaper campaign has ever been. And anybody, anybody in, in LA, which is where this is set, anybody who has a gun on them and recognizes her and sees that she's the million dollar girl as they, as they call her, they're going to try to kill her because they get some of that million dollars. Of course, Reaper, they're the app that facilitates all this. So they get their cut and then there's taxes and all that. But Vita has to try to defend her basically against everyone. And so the first thing she does is she takes her to her home and that doesn't work out. They go to the library. Well, they go to a motel at one point. That doesn't work out. They keep somebody keeps finding them. And Vita, of course, blames Charlie this whole time because Charlie at one point after Vita destroys her phone because you can't can't have your phone because they're going to track you on your phone. She destroys Charlie's phone, but in the middle of the night, Charlie steals Vita's phone and puts her own SIM card into Vita's phone and uses it because she she knows they're on the campaign. I guess you can see some people who have backed it, but not everybody. It depends on how, if you're backing a Reaper campaign, you can choose to remain anonymous and, and, and whatnot. And, but she sees that some of... The people that she considers friends have backed this campaign. And so at one point, she, she steals Vita's phone. She puts her SIM card in there and she calls one of these people and she's yelling at them over the phone. And then would be assassins show up. And Vita, of course, blames Charlie because Charlie was using her phone, but Charlie tried to defend herself. Well, these, these people showed up. I wasn't on the phone that long. These people showed up within moments of me hanging up. There's no way they could have tracked me and gotten here that quickly. And so they go to a motel. That doesn't work out. They The, the people find them there. And then they go to a library. Now, this is something I found quite interesting, very clever, very clever idea in this story is that at this point in our very close future, libraries are kind of becoming phased out. People aren't using libraries anymore. So in order to stay open, libraries have changed a bit. The first thing that libraries have done is they they've installed like web dampeners. So you go into a library and your phone is no longer going to work. You can't access the internet from a library. And that is something that Vita finds very appealing because if they are if if people are tracking them Using the phone or, or whatever. Just being in the library will block that. The library is also, you can rent rooms. There are rooms in the library, like a, like a motel you can, you can stay at. And so they stay at the library for a bit. That ends up backfiring on them. They, they're, they're found at the library and everybody that works at the library, they want to keep this kind of stuff away. And there's this great moment where they they, they come and they tell Vita and Charlie that they have to leave that there are people coming to kill them. But these people that work at the library, they're they're armed to the teeth and they're going to defend that library because they don't want to be shut down. And something like this could could cause the library to be shut down. Anyway, they, they do figure out how they're being tracked. It wasn't Charlie's fault. Vita still finds a way to blame her. Um, so it's kind of like this, uh, kind of like a buddy cop type of deal, except it's a client and a guard who is being paid to keep her alive for 30 days. The th- Throughout the whole book, I think it collects the first six issues. Charlie is trying to get Vita to take her out of LA. The cops are trying to get Vita to take Charlie out of LA. Everybody's telling her that you'll be safer if you just get out of LA and Vita doesn't want to do that. Now, in the meantime, not only do you have like there's like three different levels of these assassins that are trying to kill Charlie. You've got just your jerk off the street that has an app and a gun and sees her and says, There she is, I'm gonna kill her and get the million dollars. You have a second level, which is more professional type assassins. They work as, as a team and there there have been a there were a couple of different teams that tried to take her out, but they're not they're not at the at the at the high level. There there's a higher level. There there's a woman that's introduced in this story that we don't know anything about her she's in a, she's in the entire volume we don't know anything about her she appears to be somebody that is there to kill charlie but she's doing a lot of she's doing a lot of research she's following them we don't know why she hasn't tried to to take charlie out at any point throughout this story but she keeps showing up. She's there. We don't know what's going on with her. We assume she's an assassin. Now, on the flip side of that, there's a dude there. Um, and suddenly, I can't remember his name. But he is he is caught on video at one point during the early days of this whole Reaper app, um, killing somebody who has a campaign against them. And then he uses this to become, like, basically internet famous. So he does all these very public kills. That he streams. He has all these fans. People can join the VIP club and, and have access to him to chat through, through instant messages and get exclusive video and, and all this stuff. And, and he, of course, he's after her too, because at some point in the book, the, the, the campaign reaches about $2.4 million. In the end, it was just, it was just a really fun, interesting story. The whole idea of this world that is being run, the, the economy is being run by apps. Like I said, it's very believable. It's like, it's like sci-fi almost, but it's a very believable. You could, you could see this happening in our very near future. And then interwoven in this near future, this near possibility, this possibility of this near future is this really fun story about this woman trying to keep this other woman alive. And the woman, she's trying to keep alive, seems to uh, want to put them in danger all the time. And the one thing that we don't know throughout this, this, the entire six issues, is why somebody started this campaign against her. You have, you have an idea. You're assuming throughout most of this that it's because she's just a very selfish person and she's pissed off a lot of people. And she seems to be maybe a user. She uses people. She gets close to them. She uses them. But you also get this understanding. You also feel that there, while that may be why all these people are backing this campaign, there is a, uh, a central reason why somebody started the campaign in the first place. And despite her denials, her constant denials and protests, you also get the feeling that Charlie knows exactly why this campaign was started and vita is trying to get it out of her throughout the whole book and of course they're they grow a little bit closer during the book and there are trust issues it's it's just really fun and i was home all day when i started this book because i was home with the sick kid and i bought the trade through comiXology and so I started it in the morning, and I had it finished by the end of the night because I couldn't put it down. At one point, I walked down to our local diner to, to get us food, and I sat in there. I, I was going to call and uh, have the food ready, but I didn't quite know what I wanted. And I liked the idea of just sitting in this diner while they were cooking the food so just so I could have more time to read this comic. I couldn't put it down. And in fact, when it ended... I was under the impression when I bought this, I didn't do any research. I just saw somebody had tweeted about it or something. I saw the book and it looked interesting. So I bought it, didn't know anything about it really going into it. I didn't know that there was more to the book beyond those first six issues, beyond that trade. So when the book ended and it didn't really end, I I I was kind of shocked. I was, what? There's There's more to this? And not like... How can you, not, not in a, how can you, how can you stretch this out over six issues or more? It was, there's more, and I was excited. I was disappointed that the book ended and none of my questions were answered, but excited that there was more to read. And so I went back to Comixology and I found out that there's issue seven, eight, nine, and 10 out right now. And that issue 11 is coming out next month. So I bought seven, eight, nine, and 10 and I wanted to start reading them right away, but I knew that I was gonna record an episode about the, the book. And so I didn't wanna start any of these newer issues until I recorded this episode because I didn't wanna be any further into it when I wanted my mind to be on just that first trade and nothing else. And that was driving me crazy all night last night because last night, yesterday was when I read it. And it was driving me crazy because I wanted to read more. And that says something about this book that I couldn't put it down I read all six issues in that first volume on day, you know, in, in one day, bought four more issues, could have had all four of them read last night, really wanted to read them, was really upset with myself that I was not allowing myself to read them. But now I'm really excited because as soon as I'm done recording this, I can go read those, those issues. So I don't know how long the series is going to go on. I don't know if it's going to be 12 issues and it's done. They're, they're, Based on the story, you you know that there's going to be an ending. There has to be. We'll just see how long it takes to get there. And it's a very entertaining ride. The art, oh my gosh, the art is just beautiful. It's just gorgeous. It's not for the kids. Don't let any kids read this book. It's violent. There's some cursing. Don't let the kids read this book. But I would recommend it to anybody that would read, I'll call it a, a rated R type of book cuz it's really good and you really you really get into the characters which is why I kept wanting to read this book I wanted to find out what was going on with Charlie why I have a theory I have a theory what's going on I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what my theory is 9 times out of 10 my theories never pan out I'm always going in one direction and then the story ends up going in another typically the direction that the story goes I end up enjoying more than my theory But I have a theory. I I I have a theory about who started the campaign and why. And it's all based on one tiny comment that Charlie makes about three issues into the book. And despite everything that I've learned to the contrary that kind of goes against my theory, I'm still sticking to it because I feel like this one little comment that Charlie made partway through the book was the writer saying, all right, here it is we've we've told you right here very subtly how this campaign started and why and then we're going to throw a bunch of stuff at you after this to distract you from that to make you think the opposite but in the end we're going to reveal that that's that's what it was and i again i'm not i'm not going to talk about it if after i read the next six or so issues if if you know when the story's over and i find out that my theory was correct I'll I'll, I'll let you know. And I'll be the first to admit if my theory is not correct. I'm not one of those people that come back afterwards and says, oh yeah, I knew it the whole time, even though I was thinking of something else. I'm not one of those people. But Crowded was really fun. Really fun book. And I would urge you to give it a try. You could, you know, if, if you want to give that first trade a try, I'm sure it's available in all the normal places. I'm sure you could get your local comic book shop to order it for you at this point. You can get it through in-stock trades, probably. You can definitely get it through comicsology. And I have seen it out there on Hoopla. So I would urge you to read it. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm starting to see a lot of lists, you know, cause the decade is ending. So I'm starting to see a lot of lists coming out that are more than just here are the best comics of, of the last year, since not only we're coming to the end of the year and we're coming to the end of the decade, but I'm seeing a lot of, here are the best comics of the decade. And I haven't read a lot of comics over the last decade. It's only been within the, the last year that I've, I've gotten back into comic books. But based on what I've read so far, and I'm not talking about just books I have read during the decade, but books that I have read that came out between 2010 and 2019. This is going to be right now in my ranking, in my head, this is going to be in my top five of the decade. Of course, number one is going to be Murder Falcon, but this will be in the top five. I've, I've really, it, it kept me turning the page. I don't know how else to put it. It was a real page turner. That means something. It's a cliche when people are talking about books. It was a real page turner, but that does mean something. You should never have to struggle to read a book. I know there are some very deep intellectual books out there that have a lot of deep inner meaning. meeting that have a lot of deep inner meta meaning to it that you have to go back and reread the book nine or 10 times and really concentrate on it. Especially if you're kind of thick in the head, like I am to really get that inner meaning. I'm not, I enjoy that kind of stuff if it's, if that meaning kind of dawns on me at some point as I'm reading it the third or fourth time, and it just makes me enjoy the story even more. But in order for me to want to read a book again, the first time through has to be fairly effortless. And that's how it was with me with Murder Falcon. And that's how it's been with with me and, and Crowded. I just I just couldn't stop reading it. And I wanted to read more. And I was angry at myself because that I couldn't. But now I can, yay! So I'm gonna end this episode. I think you, I think, I think I've made it pretty clear that I really, really enjoyed this book and that I really think that you should go out there and read it. I think I've made my point. So I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up so I can go read more of the issues. I'm really excited that there's more that I get to read. That's the only downside to Murder Falcon is that it's over and I can't read more of it. But there's more for me to read from Crowded, and that's got me positively giddy. That's me. My name is Steven. I am a giddy fanboy. This has been your episode. Be nice to each other. I love y'all. Bye. <laughs> Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Steven or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stevenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash or and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at StephenOrElse.